got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be bringing you a massive adoption story. As you know, last week, the Congo had actually adopted, the Central African Republic of the Congo adopted Bitcoin in a very similar way to what we saw happen in El Salvador back in September of last year, and now it looks like we might have another one. Panama, just a little bit south of El Salvador, is the most strategically important nation on the face of the planet for international trade, because as you probably Probably know Panama houses what is known as the Panama Canal, the most important waterway on the face of the earth, seconded only by the Suez Canal. The Suez Canal being the second most important, then the Bosphorus Strait in Turkey more than likely being the third. The Panama Canal takes a massive amount of world trade. I want to say around a quarter of global international shipping goes through the Panama Canal. So if Panama the nation adopted Bitcoin, that means that a quarter of international trade would be passing through a nation that takes... Bitcoin, that is a massive story. We're also going to talk a little bit about quarter one 2022 GDP metrics. They came out expecting to be about 1%. Unfortunately, it came to be negative 1.4%. That is now the first of what could be two quarters of negative GDP growth, which would indicate a recession. I've argued that we were in a recession anyway, and it was just being masked by inflation metrics. But I digress. We're going to talk about all of that and more in today's video. Is the United States about to go into a recession? How would that impact Federal Reserve interest rates and the meeting the FOMC is having on May the 3rd and the 4th? We're going to talk about all of that and more. I am joined, as always, this week by T. Shroom. How are you doing, T.? I am doing really well. I'm energized, I'm excited, and Heck I'm ready yeah. to cover these stories. Let's get it. Good deal, man. I'm looking forward to it. We're also joined, as always, by Kelly from New York. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing great. As you can see, my uh, all my my money tree and all the all the greenery in the background is super healthy. So I'm going to be superstitious and say that means the market's about to pump. But you know, let's get into it. We got a lot to talk about today. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. Hit that like button. Boom sauce, guys! Smash that like button for the money tree, and also smash that like button because Smay is back from the network of American beauties. Oh, I'm sorry, the network of American broadcasters. How are you doing, Smay? Uh, National Association of Broadcasters. But uh, hey, guys, how are you guys doing? I'm well, back. Dang. <laughs> I was trying to be. I'm slick. back, and I don't have hair. Whoa! Whoa. Look at that. Look at that, guys. I cut all my hair You gotta grow the beard back out, dude. You look so different. I look like a goober. You look like you're 16. I needed to grow my hair. You gotta grow grow your beard beard. back out. I I do look like a goob. Here's the thing about it. You can't do anything right, guys. When you're ugly, you're ugly, because I get bullied both ways. You're not ugly. I I grow my beard out. Oh, it looks like like armpit hair. Okay, I shave it. Oh, you look like a kid. What am I supposed to do? Smay, listen, it's not that you're ugly. You're just so much more beautiful than the rest of us that we feel comfortable making... I have a lot of criticizers. We feel comfortable comfortable making jokes, because we all know it's not true. We all know that that you're beautiful. We love you, Smay. Thank you, Smay. I appreciate it. I don't know you're beautiful. Thanks for that. No, I need to. I need to read some green names. All right. So, green names here. Who who we got here? I got Crypto Alchemist, Sultan of Salt. Bunch of Crypto Alchemist man. He's so active in chat every time. I just want to read his name a hundred times. We have Sultan of Salt, Matzi, Crypto Sarah, Matzi again, Bitcoinologist. Oh, who else we got? Crypto Smitty, Agent Gold. Who else we got here? Groovy. Who else we got here? Let me let me scroll. I'm scrolling. Crypto set guy. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm trying to find people. Uh, Philly fan uh, 61. I hope you're not. I hope that doesn't mean the 76ers because they're going to uh, get swept uh, here soon. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, Ricardo Vinegas. Uh, Brad Geidel. I love all you guys. What's up, members? You guys are so good. Crypto Red Fox. I love all of you guys. Back got, to you, Jeb. We got some great members in chat. And one of our uh, one of our subscribers, Alex Green, said aesthetics are irrelevant when you have a voice like that. Smay. Did you get the opportunity to sing to any beauties at the Network of American Beauties National <laughs> you Association? Sing to of any beauties? beauties? No, no, I definitely didn't. I did you not. Didn't. I did not get to. Uh, I did get to sing at my TV screen watching the Celtics sweep the Nets. Oh, guys, when are you guys going to understand that the Celtics are going to win the finals this year? I, I just, I'm waiting for that to set in for everybody. I got a. Anyways, I got a great idea. Here, here's how you're going to find her, Smay. Here's how you're going to do it. They need I'm to make a dating app where you can sing on it, and then they can listen to you sing, and then swipe left or right based on your singing. 
You'll have all of them, man. Your your DM. That would no, actually that's be actually a neat. good idea. Feel free to steal that from me. That, uh, that I mean, I'm married. I don't care. That's I, a great I, business I, idea. I, I feel like it it wouldn't do really well because there's a lot of ugly people that can sing. <laughs> but <laughs> but I actually think that's an interesting gimmick that it might actually a, take think, off. I think it's a good idea because I think a lot of ugly people would end up using it. <laughs> and that's basically what all dating apps are: desperate ugly people. So oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on here to the. Coin and I'm market. one of them, guys. I'm just oh, telling you, I'm one of them. I'm not. <laughs> trying to roast anybody i'm one of them too so you know it takes one to know one. <laughs> oh my gosh all right yeah well as a as an ugly man who is now married i can tell you it it you can still there's there's a, there's a lady out there yeah find you cute they're out there sarah thinks i'm hot i don't get it though because i'm i'm, I'm telling you because dating not. at date uh, dating at women or something hot else. or not i am firmly a not but she still thinks i'm hot and that's what matters anyway we're gonna move on to coin market cap guys bitcoin's currently sitting at just over $39,000, $39,250, up a half a percent on the day, up 2.5% over the last 90 days. We've been more or less trading sideways for the last 90 days. Ethereum up 10%. That's not bad. Binance Coin up 1% over the last 90 days. Terra Luna up 63 As you guys know, Do Kwan over there. Um, who is really funny if you misspell his name like t Shroom did in a script one time. It's not Doquanis. Don't know. Who is it? Don't know. I have no idea. But but uh, I don't know who is buying, uh, you know, $10 billion worth of Bitcoin. It's a little bit like a who's on first kind of gimmick. Who's on first? No, he's on second. That's right. No, what's on third? Anyway, we're not going to go there. XRP up 0.34% over the last 90 days. And we can see Dogecoin is down a little bit. I have an interesting fan theory about Dogecoin because what we're looking at right now is Elon Musk just bought Twitter and he uh, is just done the whole funding acquired thing on Twitter. Hopefully that's not a scam. <clears throat> the SEC might have some more paperwork to do on Elon if he was wrong about that. But if he's not and he does buy Twitter, he could end up using Dogecoin as one of the cryptocurrencies that underpins some of the functionalities that he may end up using on Twitter. And if he does, I find it very interesting that he's so interested in Dogecoin because maybe he knew all along that he was going to try and buy Twitter. Maybe he knew all along that he was going to try and use Dogecoin and maybe... He's going to try and do some kind of hostile takeover of Dogecoin and the development of it to try and make it his own little personal cryptocurrency to add to his little business and crypto empire. Who knows? That's a theory that I have it may be happening. We'll see what he does with Dogecoin. Avalanche taking a pretty big fall, as the name suggests, down 42% year to date. And the rest of cryptocurrency markets pretty much trading sideways today. If we look at the biggest gainers and losers, We'll see Nexo is up 25%. XDC Network is in the news today having to do with Panama. We're going to be looking at this article a little bit later. Panama follows El Salvador as it plans to adopt Bitcoin and other crypto like XDC Network as legal tender. It's up 6% today. Biggest losers are The Graph and Zero X, Zcash, Secret, and Axie. They are doing relatively poorly as of today. But let's go ahead and take a look over here at Bitcoin's market capitalization. We have not looked at this chart recently. But let's look at the last couple of years. One of the big things I want to point out to you guys is the importance and significance of $2 trillion market cap. You can see we double-topped at it back here in February, on February the 8th, and then again on Valentine's Day. We double-topped at $2 trillion. Briefly, we got above it and went up to $2.15 trillion. Right now, we're sitting at $1.75 trillion. The good news is, if you look at the total market capitalization of the crypto markets, which you can actually bring up with Bitcoin market cap over here. I forget exactly how to get to it. Do one of you guys remember how to bring that up? Is it BTC1 to bring up? Bitcoin's market cap, or is it crypto one? T-shirt, do you remember that? Or Kelly, do you remember that? What is that? What is on TradingView to bring up all crypto market cap? Uh, okay. I do not remember. There is a way to do it, and I don't remember what I'll it, look it is. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. One. Anyway, we can look up Bitcoin one. Uh, I believe Bitcoin. it's just for just for the entire market cap. It's total. I believe. Is and it then, total? Uh, it's total. Total. That's what it is. I remember that. Uh, Show me total crypto market cap. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Here we go. Total. Thank you very much. I don't look at this chart very much, but the reason I brought it up is because I want to show you that there is a trend line that I'm seeing right there. I could see it on coin market cap, but obviously we can't, you know, I got that chart vision because we've been doing this for five years. I couldn't chart it over here on coin market cap, but here on trading view, I can. This chart, this line right here is what I'm talking about. Take a look at that. Bitcoin has fallen down to this line multiple times and is currently sitting on it right now around $1.7 trillion. $1.75 trillion is also a psychological level because $1.75 trillion is, as I said, one and three quarters of a way, <clears throat> one and three quarter trillion. So it is a big even. We talk about this concept of big evens. We talked about it in CT2A, which is now a defunct product. And then we've also talked about it in Club D5. Very important concept. 1.75 trillion also shows up over here on February the 23rd of 2021 as resistance. Here is support on April 25th. 
here is support in late September, and we've also traded around it quite a bit. In fact, I think if we were to bring up VPVR, it would probably be pretty close to the VPVR maximum, uh, which if I have my numbers correct, it very well may be. VPVR doesn't want to update. Oh, look at that. How about that? I didn't know I had short vision for VPVR. That's pretty cool. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Very How about nice. that humility core value coming very into nice. play there? No, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, the point is VPVR t uh, maximum sitting right there. So total market capitalization for cryptocurrency has uh, quite a bit of support here between 1.7 and 1.75 trillion dollars. Definitely something we're going to be looking at. Uh, Kelly, uh, actually, uh, yeah, Kelly, I want to ask you, what is your opinion on the total market capitalization charts? How important is it that we keep an eye on that chart? And have you found it to be helpful in your analysis and predictions of where the market's going to go? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, looking at the total market cap gives a great overview of not just, of course, Bitcoin, but the overall health of the market in terms of uh, the market at large, the entire crypto space. How is it doing? Because as you know, sometimes Bitcoin will run. And then once that stops, uh, the money sort of moves over and the interest moves over into the altcoins and then the altcoins will pump. So when we're looking at all of them together, it gives a good sort of general idea in terms of the structure of what's happening on the charts of the health of the space. So, uh, the market the market as a whole right now, as you showed, that that great sort of trend line that we're riding on right now uh, is, is a good thing to notice when we're looking at the overall health of the market. So I definitely look I don't I don't trade specifically on it, but I use it as one of the tools in my basket when I'm gauging uh, how how bullish or bearish a move may be based on the health of, 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 the, of, of the overall market. Because if the market is, looks like it's about to crash, but there might be a bullish metric on a chart, I might either uh, trade with a much tighter stop loss or even uh, hesitate to put that trade in until there's more clarity on the total uh, market cap. Right. And there's actually a couple more things I want to point out here. Number one, this trend line actually draws even farther back in history. This trend line I was just showing you, you can extrapolate it back to the high in June of 2019. Also some trading back over here on March of 2018, uh, in March of 2018 and June and July of 2018. And then even the high in September of 2017, when I had just gotten in the space, when I got into cryptocurrency, guys, let's just take a look at this. I got in July 31st, 2017. It was right back over here. Crypto total market capitalization. When I got into crypto, on July 31st, let's see where the day was. The entire crypto space was worth $78 billion when I got into the space. That is, wow, I feel old. $78 billion was all. We're sitting at $2 trillion now. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Make sure you back extrapolate your uh, your trend lines because you never know if you're going to find out that they're actually much more significant than you thought they were. You know, over on Bitcoin, we have this massive long trend line that's been in play for a decade. A lot of people call it like the super trend line or something. This trend line right here on the total market capitalizations chart is something I'm going to pay close attention to. Another thing to pay close attention to that I just noticed, I've never noticed this before. I didn't even notice this in 2018. In 2018, take a look at this. What was this chart doing in total market capitalization? It was setting very clear lower highs and very clear lower lows. Now, if you compare this this uh, trend of extremely clear lower highs and lower lows to Bitcoin's chart in 2018, then what you're going to see is that it wasn't that clear that we were setting lower lows on Bitcoin's chart. In fact, on Bitcoin's chart, we were setting equivalent lows, as you can see right over here, one, two, three, four, five. This one was actually a higher low. So it seemed like Bitcoin was doing okay in 2018. In 2018, I remember thinking, oh yeah, there's no way we're gonna break $6,000. We're gonna bounce, and we're gonna rally, and we're gonna recover, and I was dead wrong. I was so wrong. I'd only been in the crypto space for a year. I certainly learned my lesson about being overly optimistic during major downtrends when that took place. It's better to predict the worst and be ready for the best and make sure that you are looking forward to buying bottoms. I learned a lot in this drop because I was definitely wrong on that. But my point here is that if I were to look at the total market capitalization charts, which at the time I didn't know you could find on TradingView, I obviously do now, if I had have looked at it at the time, then what I would have realized is that over on the total crypto market capitalization charts, Bitcoin might not have been losing value, Bitcoin might not have been setting consistent lower lows and lower highs, but total cryptocurrency market capitalization absolutely was, which tells you something. Money was bleeding from the alts, and Bitcoin looked like it was doing okay, but what the silent killer was is that everybody was leaving the altcoins, pumping money into Bitcoin, propping it up. So it looked like the crypto market was doing healthy if you only looked at Bitcoin, but the crypto market was actually tanking even before the fateful day in November that we had that massive drop start. Why do I bring that up? 
Well, doing historical analysis can paint a picture and frame our current situation. What is the current situation? Well, the current situation is, yeah, Bitcoin looks like it's setting higher lows, and that's phenomenal. Yeah, Bitcoin is setting higher highs, and that's phenomenal. But we want to make sure that we're not sitting in a bubble, not paying attention to the rest of things. Let's look at the total market capitalization chart to make sure that we're not in a similar situation where, that we were in 2018 when, yeah, Bitcoin looked like it was doing half decent, but the alts were bleeding so bad that that was what was going to be the market's downfall. Well, looking at the total market capitalization charts, on uh, trading view here, we can actually see that even total market cap is still setting higher highs and higher lows. The reason I bring that up is because it means that the altcoins, one, are a much more mature space than they were in 2018 that are much more capable of holding their own. But also, two, it means that Bitcoin is not telling us a false picture. It's not saying, okay, yeah, the market is doing all right, even though the alts are getting destroyed. No, 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 that's not what's happening. Bitcoin's doing all right, but the alts are too, which means that we don't have as much of a reason for concern as we did in 2018. That's not even to mention that in 2018, we were seeing lower highs and lower lows, whereas in the last year and a half, we were seeing higher highs and higher lows. Just something I thought I would mention while we're here. Total is a very important chart to be looking at over on TradingView. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at Bitcoin. But before we do, T-Shroom, do you have any thoughts on that total market capitalization figure? We've asked Kelly, uh, have you ever looked at that? Anything that you can add there? Uh, not really. Honestly, uh, now that you've kind of gone into a little bit more depth of the value that you see in this uh, type of charting, I'm going to be looking at it a whole lot more. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's useful because <clears throat> the thing is, technical analysis isn't just, you know, the charts that everybody looks at. There, there are things that will show up on charts that are trying to tell you something about the market and the trader psychology that most people don't see. So there are hidden things that you can see. For example, if you're not looking at the on-chain, which a lot of people don't, then you're not going to realize all the bullish factors that are not showing up in the price. They're going to end up having an impact on the price, but you can't see them. So it's important that we pay attention to that. Now, a big part of what technical, specifically technical analysis is, is what the trader perceives is going on in the market. So if everybody's paying attention to an indicator, the indicator has more power because more people are trading by it. But that doesn't mean that the indicator or the price action couldn't be telling you something even if nobody's paying attention to it. So that's an important distinction to make for us as traders. Now, as far as what Bitcoin's price action is doing, we're going to be a little bit brief on this because it hasn't changed much from yesterday. But the fact of the matter is, it is setting consistent lower uh, lower highs and lower lows on the daily chart. It is in a downtrend, similar to what Bitcoin was doing in 2018, except in this case, it's only been doing it for a couple weeks. It is in a downtrend. We're setting at lower highs, as you can see, and lower lows, as you can see. The concern that many people are having right now, including myself, is that since Bitcoin broke this trend line and has not gotten above it, in fact, has turned it into a resistance level, as you can see happened uh, around noon yesterday, that indicates to us that we have broken that support line and that we may be heading to reset lower lows below these lows that we set in early March around 37,500. If we start setting lower lows below 37,500, then there is a pretty clear path down to 33, which could mean another big drop in shakeout. Now, the good news is we've already shaken out the weak hands. They're pretty much gone. The weak hands are, for the most part, shaken out, in my opinion. So if we do go down to 33,000, I don't think we're going to be down there long. Maybe we could have a scam wick down to 27 five, which is a level that we talked about yesterday. It's actually a level that Kelly brought up. I just have it painted here on the chart. Uh, it is possible, but if that were to occur, I do think that we would buy that up very quickly. Kelly, what do you think a drop on Bitcoin and crypto would look like right now? Would it be a prolonged drop where we sit down around 30K for the next six, 12 months in an accumulation phase? Or would it be very rapid because we have institutions and the remainder of the retail sitting on the sidelines ready to buy the dips? Well, the fact of the matter is, and I feel like I'm beating a little bit of a dead horse here, is that the the metrics for Bitcoin in terms of all the technical fundamentals, which, which is a lot of the on-chain stuff showing illiquid supply shock, uh, you know, we're having more coins come off exchange every week. You know, we've had several billion come off since the beginning of March. Uh, there's just so much bullish factors going on right now uh, underlying Bitcoin, and the price actually is not sort of reflecting that. And so it begs the question, you know, we talked about it a little bit last night on Crypto Answered on Spaces, where, you know, are there institutions that are using derivatives and other things uh, where they're margining, you know, 100 million, 300 million, 500 million uh, to suppress the price? And we were trying to tackle why they would do that. Well, Tim says it best all the time. Retail, if we miss the boat, we miss the boat. Institutions, if they miss the boat, they uh, pull the boat back or they hold the boat where it's at so they can board as many people as possible. So the fact of the matter is Bitcoin is the most asymmetrical risk that you could ever take in, in, the, in the sense that there is very limited downside versus 
uh, indefinite upside because it is, uh, you know, very limited, uh, exactly limited supply uh, in terms of, you know, how there's going to be 21 million ever. There's already about 4 million lost. Uh, and the fact that there's adoption coming in more and more, uh, as you said, if we do drop, I do think that uh, it will be bought up. But I do still think that we have uh, a month or two of sideways action. Uh, the only thing that I will say that really contends with that right now, I'll show on my chart, is although things are looking bleak because we're having lower lows, and lower highs, uh, we do have a bit of a fallen wedge here. In the uh, this is on the four-hour chart, going back to basically uh, about April 12th, uh, it really more specifically around April 21st. Uh, and within this fallen wedge, we have very strong bullish divergence on the MACD and on the RSI, and the RSI is in a, a bit of a wedge as well. So if we're looking at this level right here, if we lose this level around the, what is this, 37,000, 38,000, anywhere, the, this line that's coming here, then I do think that we could fall uh, down to the 34 or 33K region. But the only thing that I'm, the other thing that I'm seeing that's interesting is this orange line that I have here. Uh, this is a, basically a trend line that's from the lows back here, uh, support, and then it's resistance here, support here, resistance. And we just bounced off that, which is right inside this golden fib zone that we're in right now. So if we do lose this level right here at 38.7, I do think we're going to come down here and have a bit of a battle at this uh, 37.8. And that's sort of the last line in the sand for the current local price action. If we lose that, I do think we're going to drop down and uh, have a scary sort of uh, whip down to the 33K region. So that that's what I'm seeing. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too worried if we saw a wick down to 33K. I f honestly think that if we saw a big drop, it might believe it or not, be the catalytic event that we need to start a rally. Because right now we're kind of in this limbo. We're like not rallying, but also not dropping. If you let the Bears win for a little bit, you know, sometimes when you're playing tug of war, sometimes the best thing to do is give them a little ground so they get a little confident and then go boom, yank it back, and then you actually win. That might be what the Bulls could do with that. If we see a drop down to 33K, it could be enough to exhaust the Bears, get rid of the rest of their selling pressure, and then the Bulls would come in, rally at 20% in a week because it's recovering that drop and then we would actually potentially be able to see that kick off a rally, and that might give us the fuel that we need to actually start it. So a 33K drop might not actually be the worst thing in the world. In fact, no matter what happens, it won't be because it's another buying opportunity. In fact, I would be fine with it dropping down to 30. Now, T-Shroom, I want to ask you a question. If you look at the daily chart, Bitcoin, I'll show you on my screen right now. Bitcoin is currently sitting below the 20 daily exponential moving average, and it's also bearish on Luxalgo out here on the daily. By the, by the way, guys, today's show is brought to you by Luxalgo. So if you haven't signed up for Lux Algo, it is the number one indicator on the market for telling you what trend Bitcoin is in. I use it every single day in my trading to figure out what trend Bitcoin is on in on every single time frame. So make sure you check out the link down below. Coupon code Jeb, J-E-B-B for 20% off. At checkout, we've had thousands of our students use it. Tell us in the chat what you think about Lux Algo. But Lux Algo and the 20 DEMA are both giving us confirmed downtrend signals that Bitcoin is currently rejecting off of. We've rejected off the trend catcher, and we've also rejected off of the 20 DEMA. Those are in confluence, as Kelly would call it. Do you think that that is going to be one of the things that could potentially drop us down to 30K region? And if so, what do you think that drop would look like? Would we see that massive rally I'm talking about, T-shirt? It's, it's an interesting okay. thought. Uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it in that frame before, but what what I'd say is yeah it would get it would get bought up really quickly. Uh, I, I doubt that it would linger down in that thirty three that mid thirties range uh, for very long. And um, hey, that could be something that takes place. So let's keep our eyes on that. And then if we see a major drop, then you know what might be a great time to buy. The same thing happened when we saw the drop in um, in uh, let's see here. What am I trying to say? March of twenty twenty. When we saw the drop in March of 2020, we saw a pullback from 10,700 all the way down to 3,863% in under a month. That drop actually ended up kicking off a massive rally that would last 400 days and rally Bitcoin, $62,000, 1,600%. Now, there were fundamental forces in play there, but the point is that massive drop actually was the catalytic event that led to the major rally. We could end up seeing the exact same thing happen here. So with that said, let's go ahead and move on to some super chats. Everything okay, Smay? I heard that yeah. too. Yeah. Everything good? I have no idea what that was. I've never heard I don't heard know that what before. that sound was. It, it seemed it like we skipped and then people are back. But. Yeah, I think we're good. Everybody here? Give us yeah, a no. one in chat if we're, we're okay. I, I think we're good. I think it just lagged. Yeah, I think we're okay. By the way, guys, let's get that like button pumped. Let's go ahead and get to 400 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Thank you guys so very much for all of your support. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, we can go ahead and dive into those uh, super chats then. Icon87 donated $5. Said, bro, I just hope, I just hopped on so I can hear uh, Jeb spit a Jesus rap to start the day. He said a Jesus rap? Spit a Jesus rap? I don't know if I know any Jesus rap. rap. If we get to... What's that one that, uh, I used to know it, the the Newsboys one. Which one? Wait, wait, what song? Uh, I I might know it. uh, uh, It's the... Jesus said, like the tattoo on his belly one. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> what? I, I mean, I love the news, boys. I just don't it's know what a song good, you're It's about. a good short Jesus rap. Jesus Freak remix? Yeah, yeah. Look for the rap section. I don't know this song. I can. I well, can, don't. I don't what know what people remix. think. It's if Toby they labeled Mac. me a Jesus. It's Toby yeah, Mac? Yeah. Uh, he, he says, like, uh, ah, dang it. I used to know this. I mean, I do know a song by Toby Met till the day I die. I know well, that. no, no, no. Do the, did you not pull the lyrics? I have, I have it here. I don't know the melody. Well, why don't you go ahead and think about it? Why don't you go over to my screen? We'll look at the to- Token Metrics uh, website. We are, are we sponsored? Oh, yeah. Are we presented by? Uh, we are, we're sponsored, sponsored by. Yeah. We're sponsored by Token Metrics. If, you, if you're looking at my screen, you can invest like an expert, like the experts. Uh, so, uh, you know, they've got a very beautiful website, really great platform. Uh, what, are some, what are some things, May, that, that you like to look at on uh, Token Metrics? Oh, well, I mean, I love to look at uh, like coins. Take, like taking and- a look at whether or not those coins are in a good position to buy. If you guys don't know what Token, metric I- token Metrics is, it is a service that allows you, uh, they do a lot of research in many different areas and then basically tells you whether or not that project is ready to buy or not. It's a really, really helpful tool. You should definitely check it out. That link is down below. I have a song that I could if you want me to. Well, you didn't like the, you weren't going to do I don't, the other one? I don't know it is the problem. I don't. Does I, anyone know the rap I'm I, talking about? I know. The, I know the song, I think. I've never heard of it. If you say me a Jesus freak. <laughs> now do the rap. Jesus freak Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and pick something that we can do and move forward. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Do you, do, you, do you know the song, uh, Go for it. Till the Day I Die? I don't. You don't know the song, Till the I'm Day I Die? I'm ready to hear it. Here, I'm going to play a clip of it real quick. Can they hear the audio from, from the video? I, they will not be able to. They will not be able to? Okay, fine. Down. Here, let me get the lyrics here. I haven't, I haven't sang this in a little minute. This is probably going to be horrible. This is probably going to be terrible. This is probably the best $5 this guy's ever spent. Yeah, right? For real. <laughs> All right, let me get the lyrics here just to he just, he just He just he owns the show right Keep now. Going. Keep you going. You know what I got. Okay, here we go. And they put me in the coffin. Don't matter if I'm on the road or if I'm a calling. Tell me what you think about me. That really ain't important. You know I'm a representative mine playing, can't afford to. Uh, yeah. I only got one life, and I yeah. get it though. This is not an act, not a movie, yeah. not a TV yeah. show. I don't know what quitting means. Skirt. I don't ever take it slow. Yeah. No, I'm on the grind, me and Skirt. Toby in the studio. Do it for the king. Boom. What you know about that? Say you're going Boom. harder. Mm, I doubt that. Say you're doing work, but you asking where the couch at. How you doing work when you asking where the couch what? at? Right. God all is not right, a crutch. Right, you can right, use them right. when you wanna. Let's you ever looked at heaven when you went through some drama? You didn't let me finish. Right, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. You didn't let me finish. I was almost done. You were about to do the whole song. You started to do the whole RC thing. Moore donated. There's $2. only one rap part. You freaking ruined it. Hannah asked, okay, RC Moore, $2. Anything good coming from ADAX? Anything good coming from ADAX? I'll throw that to Kelly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure I wasn't muted. Uh, yeah, they, they actually, really, and I'm very happy to hear this based on a little bit of their issues with version one, version uh, 1.1. They're actually doing a hackathon and uh, some workshopping uh, during their testnet series before before they're going to release uh, version two so they can work out all the bugs and stuff and make sure that uh, it's in line with all the different beta testers and testnet stuff to make sure that when they do release version two, which is a completely new sort of redesign of their entire system, uh, their entire decks um, that that there's not going to have any issues uh, and all the all the different small little bugs are worked out. Uh, very similar to what we're doing with Club DeFi, you know, having beta, beta testers, making sure that everything is perfect before it's released. So I'm still, uh, you know, I'm very bullish on it. They, the price has been uh, given incredible uh, buy levels right now down at the same levels that you could have bought uh, pre pre-launch of the coin you know i think it's like around 11 cents or something right now so i actually dca a bit more the other day so i'm just bullish and patiently waiting for when that v2 comes out and hopefully that coincides with another altcoin rally here in uh, midsummer yeah no absolutely hopefully that's going to happen adax is an investment that i have i put a couple grand into it a little while ago and i'm hoping that it's going to do very very well a lot of people are worried about it because the tvl isn't showing up they changed the way that they are doing their exchange was not going to show up in tvl anymore but the project is doing pretty well from everything that we can tell now let's go ahead and uh well we have one more super chat from deep diver let's read that first yeah deep diver donated 
20 USD and has said, still around, guys, just so busy working. Keep up the good fight. Thank you so much, Deep Diver. I really appreciate that donation. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate all of those super chats. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Panama. So what is the history of Panama? Let's just kind of intro this a little bit. I know you've heard of the nation of Panama, obviously, but essentially in about... I'm pulling history out of my head here, if I remember correctly. The French tried to build what would become the Panama Canal, and I want to say the 1900s, as in like 19... um, Actually, it might have been the 1890s, as in like 1900 to 1910 kind of area. They failed. Then the Americans came in, and then they tried to... I could be wrong on some of this history. I'm going off of memory here. Uh, Then the Americans came in a little bit later. I want to say it was around the 20s or so. Does anybody here know what year the Panama Canal started getting built? I want to say it was around the 20s. It was the early part. Uh, No, it was not the 20s. Was it It not? It would have been uh, around Teddy Roosevelt's time. Construction started in 1904. I'm sorry. Construction completed in 1914. It was in the 10s. So we actually, the Americans came over and built the Panama Canal along with the Panamanians. Uh, It was led by... It was one of Teddy Roosevelt's big achievements. Yes, it was. Yeah. So we started building the Panama Canal. It took 10 years. It's over 100 years ago. This is the most important strategically. This is the most strategically significant, most important waterway on the face of the planet. That's not an exaggeration at all. I can look up uh, how much of world trade goes through the Panama Canal. Hey, Smay, go to my screen. I'm, uh, I'm showing what the Panama Canal looks Are like. You there? Yeah, go for it. I, I've been there. Nice little zoom. You've been, you to, been the to the canal? canal? No, no, no. I've been on his screen. Oh, yeah, is what there I was wanting to say. <laughs> I was trying to tell him that I was on his screen. Look at that. The that's, Panama, a good, that's a good looking canal. Currently, there. the Panama Canal handles 3% of world maritime trade due to its. Ge- I, I thought it was a lot higher than that, to be honest with you. Due to its geographical it's location, it's more canal. beneficial for certain types of cargo. So there is a massive amount uh, of of uh, shipping that goes through. There's a shipload of shipping. I'm sorry, I had to. There is a ton of shipping that goes through the Panama Canal, and it is one of the major sources of revenue for the nation of Panama. And the fact is, every single ship that goes through Panama, Panama has to allow through. And also, people have to pay, sorry, not people, the ships have to pay normally hundreds of thousands of dollars for one transit through the canal, because it takes a lot of money to get this, you know, 80,000 ton ship through your canal. So the interesting thing is here, if Panama were to adopt Bitcoin, then that means pretty much every single shipping co- shipping uh, um, uh, company, Maersk, for example, uh, going through Panama and the Panama Canal would be interacting with a nation that adopted and is accepting Bitcoin payments. That's pretty huge. So let's read this article just a little bit. Panama follows El Salvador as it plans to adopt Bitcoin and other crypto like XDC network as legal tender. Cryptocurrency adoption throughout the world is growing quickly. Panama follows in the footsteps of other Central American countries like El Salvador. El, El Salvador. Hmm. El Salvador. <laughs> I got confused with the next one. Lugano and Honduras Prospera. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, including XDC Network, will soon be accepted in Panama after the Na- National Assembly passes the initial steps. Legislation that attempts to control the usage of crypto assets in the area was approved in the first debate. It is crucial for Panama because it aims to provide legal stability to crypto assets, says Gabriel Silva, a congressman and one of the law advocates. The second goal of the law, according to him, is to grow crypto businesses and bring in investment that creates jobs. Thus, the plan calls for the acceptance of Bitcoin and other digital currencies as payment methods over the whole Panama's geography. They're not just talking about Bitcoin here, by the way. Ethereum, XRP, Litecoin, XDC Network that we talked about earlier, Elrond, uh, Stellar, and IOTA, and Algorand are all among cryptocurrencies specifically named. So, Kelly, what's going on here? Are we about to see another El Salvador-like event where we're going to see multi-million uh, multi-million uh, Millions of users come online to the Bitcoin network <clears throat> all at once with a centralized wallet, or is this just them setting up legal frameworks as we've seen in many other nations? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think I think that there's definitely uh, it's a huge sort of it's different from El Salvador because El Salvador is sort of a standalone country that, of course, is a part of the world market. But the difference with Panama is you know having the Panama Canal. Uh, Three percent, although that sounds like a small number, the the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that are uh, transacted and traded through the Panama Canal because of global shipping and global trade uh, is a major, major story. If uh, if crypto in any regard is uh, sort of brought into the legal framework here and, uh, you know, provided as an opportunity or as if there's incentive to uh, utilize because, uh, you know, when you have global players uh, having to participate in something like that, although Panama is quite a small country, their global impact is major here. So I think this is going to further, if nothing else, is going to further the discussion amongst uh, global governments uh, in regards to not only 
governments, but corporations in regards to the regularity of use, also uh, incentivizing them to uh, participate in, you know, basically the future of the world economy, which is crypto. So I think this is a major story that's uh, bubbling under the surface. And uh, once we can't really fully understand the connotations in the context of how this is going to impact global trade and just global, I don't want to say reserve currency, but global uh global trade just you know in commerce uh so we'll have to see how this plays out uh i think it's more likely than not that this will uh this will get pushed through uh even if it's uh only a portion of uh, of the bill or the you know the consideration here so uh, we'll have to see how it plays out but it's a major 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 step forward in uh, the advancement and adoption of crypto Absolutely. Tishram, what do you think the future of adoption nationally of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies look like? And I'm going to add you a second question there. Do you actually agree with this paradigm of nations federally adopting cryptos or should it be something that is done organically from the citizenry and the nation just gets out of the way? Well, it's a good question. If you go to my screen, uh, you can see these are the these are the three uh, nations now that have, uh, Panama obviously hasn't completely passed their bill yet for adoption of Bitcoin, uh, but these are the three nations. They're all very close to the equator, which is an interesting uh, interesting uh, little pattern there, but uh, you can come back to me now. But yeah, I think it is a good thing that the nations are doing this adoption and it's it's not like a, a some kind of like a revolt or some kind of rebellion that's that comes up from, from the people. I think, I think there can be an argument for that, but I think it's better that the institutions, uh, like the, the political institutions, are, are the ones adopting this. And um, you know, what would be nice is if there's it'd be a, a, a more of a developed country that was that was going to uh, go ahead and adopt uh, Bitcoin. But Panama is a is a fairly developed country. El Salvador and the Central African. Um, country they're they're not that developed in fact they have a lot of issues with corruption and uh, cartels in el salvador are pretty rampant but panama as far as i'm uh, as far as i know they're they're pretty well developed and, and so for a country like panama to be adopting bitcoin it's signaling to maybe some other countries kind of in their peer group that this this is something to start looking into and what we're also seeing is a high a high increase a rate uh, increase of these nations adopting Bitcoin. So El Salvador was what? That was 20, like mid-2020? Yeah, that, no, when it, you can actually see it on the chart. The day they adopted Bitcoin was the peak back here. It was September 6th. September 6th was when it went online. Yeah, so so there's been a big last increase. In, like last week, you know, you had the Central African Republic uh, adopting Bitcoin, and now you have Panama, it's, you know, just a week later, you know, um, starting that process as well. The, you know, what's next? You know, that, that that's where they start to ask that question. There's there's a lot of countries, you know, that could really benefit from having um, uh, Bitcoin being, you know, integrated into their economy and, and their commercial enterprises. So um, I think I think it's a good trend. And I think internationally it will continue. And, you know, countries that are looking at like a big country like China that banned it, you know, they're saying we want to we want to go ahead and, and integrate it. We don't want to ban it. So it, I think it's I think so far it's good news. I would just like to see more established, more developed countries, um, you know, adopt something like Chile, something like South Africa that have a lot bigger economies, a lot more, uh, you know, generation of, of, of wealth uh, moving around and also have a lot more stable governments. That, that would be that would be what I'd like to see. Absolutely. And by the way, guys, I want to apologize. Earlier, I said the Central African Republic of the Congo. I was confusing the Central African Republic with the Democratic Republic of the Congo. My apologies. If we have any viewers from either one of those nations, that is completely and totally my fault. Sorry about that. Uh, Central African Republic, as you guys know, we talked about adopted Bitcoin last week. But Smay, I want to hear your take on this also, buddy. What is your opinion of central governments centrally deciding that they centrally want to adopt Bitcoin. What is your thoughts uh, on that? Does it make any sense to you that a central government would be adopting Bitcoin? Is that even in line with the ethos of what crypto is in the first place? I'll be honest with you. I love that question. And the reason why I love that question is if you guys see the pinned tweet on my Twitter, uh, I do believe the pinned tweet on my Twitter is, says something about how Bitcoin adoption starts from the roots and then it's going to grow up. It's going to grow deep before it grows tall. And I really think that in this case I, I this is i i don't like it i'm gonna be honest with you guys i don't like it because it's the same thing we talked about now 
now I've the more I've been able to kind of under like understand what happened with the Jack Maller stuff. I love that it exists. I, I think the bullish part of what Jack Maller's did was the fact that it, it, it actually is universal. It's a universal tool using Bitcoin. I think that's a very, very bullish, powerful thing. But the idea of where people boil it down to of just spending your Bitcoin, we're not in a place right now where it that's a, a wise thing to do with the amount of volatility, right? So when you force your, you're basically forcing your, you know, uh, people in your in your nation to kind of do it that way, and then they have to. I mean, in El Salvador, what happened? As soon as they adopted, it, go back to the chart. Literally, what happened? It I'll dumped. On my screen. Yeah. It dumped. Yeah. They lost a bunch of money. To be fair, I think that was manipulation. No, of course. I don't think it had anything to do with them. I'm saying, but that's the risk now. They just had to run into their do- their their currency is going. Woo! And they still have massive approval so, for it for oh, as reported anyway. Which is fine. So what my point is to say. Is that I think it starts as it starts as these these uh, companies and as the you know as people start to want to do it themselves when it's a free thing and it's not being forced to do it they can move into it then you can uh, there can be competition you can introduce things like a uh, Bitcoin backed stablecoins like Terra USD where at least where Terra USD is where it's going is what we've talked about um, I, I think ultimately. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of the of these governments, especially because we don't know the state of these governments, but we're cheering them on, right? What is right. we don't know who who these people are. We don't know what their what their stances on everything is. We just start cheering as soon as I, they yeah. kind of start shoving Bitcoin down their 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 uh, citizens' throats. I think that's an important point. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, you're adopting Bitcoin. We're in favor of that." That means that you're a great person. That doesn't. That's not. That's a non sequitur, is what that is. Um, we love when people adopt Bitcoin. The question is, how is it adopted? Is it adopted in a very centralized, authoritarian, non-sovereign way? What's the point? You kind of missed it. That's the problem. I, I made a video that'll be going out Sunday talking about if you want to succeed in crypto and you forgot why you got in crypto in the first place, you're, you can't have both. You have to know why you're in crypto to succeed or you won't succeed in crypto. It's that simple. And if these nations don't understand why crypto is, and if these nations don't understand that the point of Bitcoin is to strip their very own government of power and put it back in their citizens' hands in a populist way, they don't get that, then they're going to fail. They're going to introduce a Trojan horse into their own nation that's going to overthrow them. Now, the reason that you're seeing a lot of third world nations adopting Bitcoin, a lot of you guys pointed out in chat, rather than first world nations, is because the United States has its own currency. Uh, Britain has its own currency. You know, the Eurozone has its own currency. The Central African Republic, if I remember correctly, is running on uh, francs. It, it, uh, El Salvador is a dollarized nation. I'm not sure what Panama runs on. Uh, Panama currency, let me see. They're probably on U.S. dollars. They're, the dollar. they're probably dollarized, uh, but I'm not sure. Actually, no, it looks like they have their own currency. Uh, Panamanian Balboa. I didn't know that. They got they're, they're on like Rocky. Rocky Balboa? They're, I was about to say they're on Rockies. That's what they're on. Um, but anyway, the point is, is uh, hmm. yeah, they have a secondary currency as the U.S. dollar. It looks like it might be pegged to the U.S. dollar. Anyway, it looks like in a certain in a way it's a dollarized nation. The point is, a lot of these nations don't really have much sovereignty over their own finances in the first place. So they don't have financial sovereignty on a na- on a national scale to be giving up financial sovereignty to their citizens. You see how that works? Right now, somebody has financial sovereignty. Just so you know, when we say we want we want to help you achieve financial sovereignty, it's not that we're making FinSolve up out of thin air. Somebody has the financial sovereignty. The problem is it's not you. The problem is it's the Federal Reserve. The problem is it's the governments of the world. A lot of these smaller nations are doing exactly what we're doing, trying to get financial sovereignty for themselves when they have had it stolen from all these other nations that are inflating the currency that they're forced to use because they can't afford to print their own. That's why you're going to see the third world nations and the nations that are, you know, not as wealthy as some of the nations in North America and in Europe uh, and in, you know, Southeast Asia. Uh, you're, you're not you're going to see some of these, um, you know, poorer nations adopting Bitcoin and they're going to be better for it. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of money on the next bull market. You know how big El Salvador's GDP growth is going to be when Bitcoin goes to two hundred thousand dollars. When all of their people are holding, you know, ten to a hundred dollars in Bitcoin, it's going to be ridiculous. You just wait and see how El Salvador fares on those GDP metrics when that next bull market comes. It's going to be ridiculous. Well, and so here's the thing I want to clarify in my in my stance, right? I actually I think it's good that. Ultimately, the classification is there, right? It's classified as a currency. No longer these weird tax ideas of it's a it's a commodity, it's a property, it's a blah 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 blah. No, it's being classified as a currency, which means it, it can actually you businesses have the options now to accept it as currency, not have to have weird tax code behind it. Uh, this I think it's a very it's a very powerful thing, the choice, and I think that's the ultimate thing is that it needs to because. 
what happens if now I'm forcing, you know, I'm forcing these companies to all they all they can accept. And I don't think that's what's happening. It's a dual currency nation, obviously. But say I'm forcing them to now only accept Bitcoin. Right. And people are spending their Bitcoin and they have bills to pay. Right. They have to keep the restaurant lights on. Right. Next thing you know, Bitcoin dumps because a bunch of traders in other parts of the world are trying to make a quick buck. It dumps. And then now I, oh, I don't have enough of my, my value to pay my turn, keep my lights on. You know what I mean? That becomes an issue because of the volatility. So I, I think ultimately, I mean, I, maybe I'm just looking at it the wrong way. Well, I think it's just classification is, is can a, I make a comment option. about that? I, I, yeah, I, go for it. Both of you guys yeah. make your comment and then we have to move on to the GDP story. So one of the things that we have to remember is like, you know, we're in a unique situation in, in the U.S. that a uh, large majority of countries around the world aren't in. And so when you look at like governments in uh, Africa, uh, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them use the uh, use a franc. And, you know, because that's, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with French colonialism uh, and all this, uh, all this sort of stuff, you know, years and years ago when these uh, governments were uh, reestablished under under French control, uh, for instance, the central, the, the I forget the, I, I can't remember the name of the name, this, the, the one that just adopted uh, Bitcoin as legal. Central Central Republic. These, yes. So these countries that, that are using the franc, most of them had their franc devalued by half because. Uh, in a, in a bit very oppressive move from uh, the from France, uh, basically devaluing their currency, uh, and so uh, whether or not. You know, having Bitcoin, uh, we think of it as it's something that's going against, you know, it's basically uh, meant to take the power out of the hands of the government. In this case, in these in these areas that the the their monetary uh, system was is ruled by an outside country, they actually want to take the money. They want to take the control of, of finance and, and money and currency out of the hands of the government that is, you know, oppressing their the value state that they have in their country because they're using a foreign currency. So it's not oh, yeah. something that really steals that all of a sudden, you know, it's going to overthrow them. They're thinking it's going to overthrow the people that are controlling their nation. So it's actually a very yeah. positive thing in that regard. And then the other the other thing I, I do want to reemphasize is this, this, and I think it's a characterization we all need to really come to terms with uh, regarding Jack Mallers. It's not, his whole development is not about spending Bitcoin. It's about using Bitcoin as a payment rail that you don't even need to spend 0.00001 Bitcoin to uh, send money. You can send U.S. dollars that's immediately transacted on the Bitcoin network that then is transferred yeah. back to whatever fiat currency uh, that 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 uh, merchant on the other end wants. Or you can also do Bitcoin if you wanted to do that. So it's more of an exemplification of the technology and the speed yeah. and the the just efficacy of crypto as a technology, not so much as a hey, now we can allow people to spend this on a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. T. Sherm, did you have any final thoughts? I want to say a couple things and we're going to move on. Well, just from the, I mean, kind of uh, a little bit of, what is it, uh, parentalism with uh, kind of your view on businesses in these countries, May. Uh, I, so I disagree. I think if I'm, if I'm a business in one of these countries and I don't think I'm going to be able to pay rent, you know, I, I shouldn't be in Bitcoin. That That's just the reality of it. I, you know, I, I think we say on the channel a lot, like don't invest what you can't afford to you to lose. Like yeah. we, we, we believe in Bitcoin here, but you know, if you, you know, you have to, so you have to weigh that, that out for yourself. Um, and, and what the truth is, I, the truth to what you're saying Sme, is that some folks may not understand that Bitcoin's volatility, volatile, very volatile, but, and, and that would be really unfortunate if they were to fall victim of some kind of, you know, uh, uh, illiquidity crisis in their, in their own business. But, uh, you know, th that's something that's up to the governments to be able to educate their business uh, <coughs> sector on. So that, well, that's a good point, but I, I disagree with the fact that businesses uh, are going to be victimized or victims. I think that businesses, they, they're in business, right? They need to be sophisticated in understanding what's in their bank account. Well, I, I think my, my bigger point was to say that I think it, it, the, what, you're, what you're even communicating is that there should be an option, right? That's my whole point is to say that I, I, that's why I think it needs to start independently and then move its way up. But obviously to Kelly's point, you know, some of these countries aren't in that position, right? So I, I, I think I'm making more of a, blatant sta a, a, a blanket stance on the subject of central governments in a 
basically deeming, hey, you guys have to use Bitcoin now. Uh, that's against kind of the whole idea of why we're even in Bitcoin, right? But I will say on the flip side of it, I, I think it does make sense for a country like the Central African Republic saying they're they're already dealing they're dealing with another country on their back, right? So then now they're the ones that are basically they're the smaller. Uh, person taking control uh, back from the their oppressive government. So I think that I think in that case it's a little bit different. But ultimately, I think the blanket idea is what I'm kind of against. All right. Well, let's keep moving here. I just want to show you a couple things I found while they were discussing. I want to show you a heat map of global shipping. This is a really cool website. Go to marinetraffic.com. You will find a heat map of all global international shipping. You can see right here just how much of it goes straight through the nation of Panama because of the Panama Canal. You zoom out and look at Central. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, you know uh, the, the Central America you're going to see a massive amount of shipping goes straight through the Panama Canal. You got the two shipping lanes right here. They are a very dark red. We're looking at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vessels every single month going through here, going straight up here you know, through the Port of Panama City and then through the Panama Canal. Massive shipping lane. And one thing somebody mentioned in chat that I think is a very important point, Panama is trying to take financial sovereignty from the United States because, as you guys know, the United States has had uh, you know a, quite a bit of sovereignty over Panama for a very long time because we built the Panama Canal until I believe Nixon came along and uh, gave the Panama Canal back to Panama. We own the Panama Canal and Panama was pretty much beholden to us. They got none of the revenues we did. And you know, there's we built it, but the thing is it's in their nation. So I'm not going to make a political statement on whether or not Nixon was right in that. I think it was Nixon that did that. I might be wrong. I think Nixon's the one that gave it back to him. But the point is, They've been trying to get the United States off their back for a while. So this is kind of what they're doing right now is in the similar way with the currency, trying to take financial sovereignty back into their own hands. Now, let's move on and talk a little bit about this GDP metric. We've got about four minutes here, so let's make this quick. T-Shroom, can you introduce what we're talking about here? Uh, I was looking. I think it was Jimmy Carter who gave. Well, it, it was back. Carter. I'm sorry. It was Carter yeah. that gave it back. That's right. And, it was what, and what am I introducing? The GDP growth metric. We saw negative 1.4 percent instead yeah. of 1 percent as expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so we did talk about it a little bit yesterday, but this is very big, and it and it's it is echoing around uh, the markets. Um, so uh, if you want to come on my screen, we've got. Uh, uh, just really, good. yeah. So uh, let's see. Go to the economic calendar. This is FX Daily. They've got a good. They've got a good calendar. Uh, yesterday, so got the the GDP. So the GDP numbers for the United States, and right here. So the the actual numbers were negative one point four, uh, and it was forecasted to be one percent. Previously six point nine. These are these are really bad numbers. And uh, you can come back up to me. So is it, it's it's. It's almost like we knew this was going to come, right? It's it's 2022. You know, we had all of that QE, and uh, it's just it's it's not good. It's 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 a showing that uh, that the market is that the economy of the United States is contracting, right? And so, so we really have to be careful here. We really have to pay attention to these, to these numbers, and because the economists are looking at it, and uh, traders are looking at it, and Wall Street's definitely going to be looking at it too. Kelly, what do you think the Federal Reserve do differently in light of this negative GDP growth come the FOMC meeting on May 3rd and May 4th? Well, you know, it's uh, Powell's getting a lot of uh, uh, a lot of flack right now because he was talking about how strong the economy was and that the, these interest rate hikes were not going to impact it because of how strong the economy was. So I think uh, uh, I think we I don't want to I don't want to say this explicitly, but I think that, uh, you know, a sort of instead of a black swan, a white swan sort of event that could happen, although in all actuality, it is a negative thing in the long run, is that uh, going into the FOMC meeting next week, May 3rd, May 4th, uh, we're going to get the we're going to get the answers and the 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 speech from Powell on the fourth, what the decision is, everybody's uh, been sort of, they say uh, 50 basis point, uh, half a percent rate hike uh, is, is, is what everybody's been planning on. And it's sort of been baked into the markets. However, uh, having this come into effect, you know, having a minus 1.4 growth uh, or, or shrinking of the economy uh, going into this, I think they're going to, they're going to be on nice edge about, you know, what, 
whether or not they're going to continue with that 50 basis point hike uh, or uh, reduce it down to 25 basis points or, 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 or smaller. I don't think it would be smaller than that. But the problem with it is, although it's going to be detrimental uh, to the economy, and sorry, not the economy, the markets and drive the markets down, if we do get a large hike, the truth is that's what the market needs. We've been way overheated. We've been on steroids since uh, long before the pandemic. But even when the pandemic happened, uh, we've been on quantitative easing just basically absolute steroids in the market, making it go rocket ship up. So we definitely need to have something pull back. But unfortunately, politicians uh, run more. They run their decisions more on whether or not it's going to get them reelected or not. Right. Now, of course, Powell is appointed, but he's appointed by an elected official. That's right. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. I, I think it's anybody's guess at this point. I think you're going to have a lot. Uh, it's <laughs> The problem is, is that when you print however many trillions of dollars have been printed now, you're going to cause a massive shift in the economy. We have been in a recession since January of 2020. Like, we just don't realize it. The problem is the economy is getting eviscerated right now, but because you're printing the currency into oblivion, the GDP metrics are skewed because you're looking at the GDP denominated in what? An inflated U.S. dollar. So, of course, it's going to look like the GDP is going up 6.8%. The currency's gone up 6.8%. Hell, the currency's probably going up 30% a year, disregarding false CPI data. CPI is a grossly miscalculated metric, and it doesn't take into account the way inflation really works. It doesn't take into account home prices, which I get it. A house is not exactly a consumer good. It's more of an asset. But the fact is, it is something that the vast majority of Americans would like to purchase. CPI is such a broken metric. The inflation of the U.S. dollar is mostly determined by supply chain, by the price of consumer goods. Yes, the price of assets that people are trying to invest in. And also, most importantly, the printing of the currency. Because if I double the value, the, the amount of Bitcoin in circulation, the price is going to get cut in half overnight. Maybe not overnight. It might take a week. But the fact is, it's going to happen very quickly. We're seeing the same thing happen to the United States dollar. So when the GDP says, oh, it's going up over the last two years, it's a false metric. It's just not true. The GDP has probably been shrinking for the last two years anyway, and it's being inflated. So it looks like everything's fine because GDP is actually at its core a metric of how quickly money is circulating. Is that what wealth is, is, the, is how, much, how quickly is the money changing hands. That's the problem with GDP. GDP measures how quickly the money is changing hands and turning over, which means that by the very definition of the metric that all economists are using to measure the success of an economy, completely disregards the importance of saving and investing. Because if you're saving and investing, you're not spending the money driving up the GDP metric. So yeah, there's a lot of spending going on, which is driving up GDP. You know why? Because the US government just printed trillions of dollars. So that money is getting spent by putting it into the economy. That, is, that, that does not mean the economy is doing well. GDP in its own right is a broken metric. So the fact that it's going up is skewed by inflation. And even if it were going up in a natural way, it's still a bad metric because it means that people are spending money in ways that they shouldn't have to be because there's so many things that are wrong ever since the pandemic. So there's a lot going on here. The fact of the matter is the U.S. economy and the global economy is in a world of hurt, and there's one answer. It's Bitcoin. If you want to buy it, we have an affiliate link for Coinbase down below probably. Make sure you get some Bitcoin if you're not in it. Let's go ahead and read some Super Chats, though. All right. Yes, yeah, so we've and, got- and 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 Jeb. Also, before before we leave, I definitely want to do the super chats. Before we leave, though, uh, can you do like a right right before we sign off, just a one minute sort of look at the monthly, just so we can see that as we'll be ending uh, the monthly chart tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just so we have an idea. Yeah, <coughs> we'll jump into super chats now. Yeah, absolutely. If we take a look at BLX right now, uh, actually, we'll have to take a look at another chart. Uh, here we go. We take a look at BLX. Uh, yeah, BLX will work. Take a look at BLX here, guys. You can see that Bitcoin at the moment is in a red candlestick. It is a spinning top candlestick formation, which is, to be honest with you, not a bad thing. This could indicate that we're close to a bottom. We've seen a lot of very long lower wicks right here, decently long lower wick right here. This indicates to me that the bears are trying, but they are failing, and the bulls are actually taking a little bit more of that charge back. If we do close if we do close out right down here where we are at the moment, around 38900 we'll be setting a higher low compared to these two candlesticks at 38400 So the price to be looking at is 38400 for this close. If we close above that, that's going to be great. We'll have a higher low on the monthly. Yeah. Let's go ahead and run through these super chats. Awesome. Super chats. Crypto sec guy donated $10. Uh, Bitcoin is FinSolve, so financial sovereignty. Smaller nations are seeing this in a 
in a way to become FinSolv for their citizens and get away from big nation's currency. That's exactly right. That's what we're seeing uh, Panama do. That's what we're seeing Central African Republic do. That's what we're seeing El Salvador do. And in the next five years, probably 20 or 30 other nations do as well. Oh, by the way, this is something we need to talk about in another show. What are the, but this is something for you to chew on. What are the odds? Probably 100% that El Salvador, Central African Republic, or Panama start filling their reserves with Bitcoin. And, and because they are still they do still have other currencies and start filling their own coffers with it in certain ways. Now, I know they don't have their own currencies, so it's not exactly the same as if the U.S. dollar was having reserves to back up their own currency. But what if they start taking taxes in, you know, and actually holding some of their liquidity in US, in Bitcoin? That would definitely be huge. It would be. Yeah. Tom Wilkes donated two, twenty dollars and said, can BTC really re- realize true mass adoption while there are so many there's still so many people, institutions, etc., who view BTC only as a cash cow, and in my <coughs> opinion, at least manipulate the value. These cash grabbers are killing the concept. Yeah, but you know, there's always going to be opponents to a new technology. I think that that is an issue, but I think it's going to fade over time. There's enough people that need Bitcoin for what it was created to do that it's going to be all right. Yeah, I think it's all going to work out. It just takes time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Cash Cats donated five dollars and said, "Enjoy your NF- enjoyed your NFT video." Oh, thank you. Looking forward to seeing more of them. Thank you so much. Thank we you, Cash Cats. Really hard on that. Yeah, T Shroom and uh, TZ worked together on that one. Uh, so good job, guys. I just read the teleprompter. They had a great script. It was a wonderful video. Very excited about that. I think we got all of them. I think we got all of them. Good deal, guys. I'm really excited that we managed to get every single one of the Super Chats. Thank you guys so very much for watching. I hope you did enjoy. Make sure to hit that like button if you did enjoy today's stream. Make sure to tune in on Monday. We'll be going live 10 a.m. Eastern, as always. And make sure to go follow all these lovely gents on Twitter. Kelly Kellum, you can find him at Kelly Kellum. T-Shroom, you can find him where? T-Shroom. T-Shroom, boom. And you can find Smay at Smay Nakamoto, spelled just the way you would think it would be over on Twitter. Make sure to follow myself on Twitter at CryptoJeb. You can also follow us on Instagram at CryptoJeb, Facebook at CryptoJeb, and TikTok at CryptoJeb Official because somebody stole that CryptoJeb over there. So at CryptoJeb Official is us. We are about to hit 10,000 followers on that old talk. So make sure you check out all of that. If you did enjoy today's video, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Make sure to check out Club DeFi. I will be active in the chat. I might not be able to jump on a call, but I will be active in the chat today over on the Discord for Club DeFi. So thank you guys so very much for watching. Before we go, though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching again, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at Mac Media.